you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them and uh, turn to Luke 7. We're going to be uh, continuing slash finishing up um, our series in the book of Luke. Uh, while you're doing that, here's a turkey joke for the kids in the room and the kids at heart in the room, courtesy of my seven-year-old. Why did the turkey cross the road on Thanksgiving? Because he wanted people to think that he was a chicken. Isn't that good? Really, I wanted to tell that personally, but if I could say a kid told me that joke, it's all the better win-win for, for David without running into as many groans. Um, happy, happy Thanksgiving, uh, post-Thanksgiving weekend. I'm sure that you guys are all stuffed uh, from, from, from Thursday's festivities. Today is a special day for any number of reasons. Uh, one, before I forget, uh, Matt Hart, who normally plays electric guitar, switches off in the bass, that, that sort of thing, actually played the national anthem for the NFL Panthers slash Seahawks game today. How cool is that? Yeah. By the way, Matt, if you're listening online, we're, you know, we're amazed by that, and you know, congratulations. Hope, hope it went really well. Actually, I got to he- hear a little bit of um, somebody who recorded it. A friend of a friend recorded it, and we got to see it. Samantha, his wife, was showing me today. It was pretty good. He had all the notes I heard, so I think that was, that was good. Um, and uh, uh, the other thing that was kind of fun this last week uh, was uh, we, uh, our team that was serving, helping uh, hand out turkeys through the Gateway Ministries uh, got on TV. Uh, I forget if it was Cron 4. One of the news channels, local news channels, uh, did, a, did a, a segment, and they were on the television. So again, with my seven-year-old, who was actually there serving, we were, we were watching the show, and we were like pausing it. Like, hey, there you are, and there's the team, and you know, so that, that was really fun. Um, other ways to serve that you guys can be a part of, either in the small groups or other ways, so be paying attention for that. Um, the only thing, other thing I'd say here at the very top before we get into the word is uh, today, of course, is a family service with a lot of folks traveling, a lot of our teams traveling. We figured, hey, let's just do, let's lean into it and have a family service with the kids, which means, by the way, parents, um, we love the kids are in here. If they're making kids noise and doing all that sort of thing, that's fine. Don't, don't, don't sweat it. Uh, if you do need to take them out, there's a speaker out there, um, but, but do what works best for you, and the rest of us love you for having the kids in here. Um, okay, so uh, Luke chapter 7, uh, today is going to be a devotional, which all I mean by that is it's going to be shorter today. I know that we have kids here, and I know our attention spans are slower, um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and give a shorter message today, if that's okay with you. I um, imagine that would not... That would always be okay with you. Um, But let's look at Luke 7, just a devotional thought today. When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master highly valued, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him and said, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd uh, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. This is God's word for us today. 
Uh, Jesus was amazing. He is amazing. I mean, that's a, as big of an understatement as, as they come. People were always amazed by Jesus. I did a quick study this week, and I found that there are at least 24 instances where people were amazed by something Jesus was doing. So, for instance, in Mark 7, verse 28, the crowds were amazed by his teaching. In Mark 10, verse 24, the disciples were amazed by his words. And then in Luke 2, the priests and religious leaders were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And then even towards the end of his life, uh, the governor Pilate was amazed by Jesus when he didn't uh, try to defend himself, though he was falsely accused, and yet willingly went to the cross to be crucified. People were always amazed by Jesus. But here's what's really cool about the text we're looking at today. Here is one of two circumstances, two biblical accounts, where we see Jesus himself is amazed. Jesus is amazed by another, um, which is what I want to focus on with you in, in this devotional, is we can consider today how we might amaze Jesus. Which if you're here today and you're, you know, you're checking out Christianity, you're looking into Jesus and his claims, I hope this would be intriguing to you, if nothing else, of like, whoa, okay, Jesus was amazed by something. Like, what, what could that be? I, I want to unpack that. But, and, and especially to you, of course, if you're a follower of his, to put it this way, I can't think of anything that we would want to do as a follower of his, anything more that we'd want to do than to amaze him and to think that we can amaze Jesus. I mean, I can't even begin to get my mind or my heart around that, but we can amaze Jesus. How? This text shows us one of those ways. It says in verse 9, when Jesus heard this, that is how the centurion responded and all his actions over the course of this story that we'll get into. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. He's amazed. He was amazed by a demonstration of faith. You and I, we can amaze Jesus in a demonstration of faith, in trusting him. And I just think that this is such a, a befitting topic to think about uh, as, we, as we get close to the end of the year, wrapping up November, looking at the December month. It's a time of year in which we look back at the year behind us, and then we start to look ahead. How about we think about it this way? How might this next year, or this wh wherever you're facing now, how might we amaze Jesus? Um, well, we, we have one way we can do that, and that is by living in faith. What I want to do is unpack this in at least two ways. Consider the, this man's faith real briefly, and then we'll, we'll sing and, and, and have the appetizers and all that sort of thing. So two qualities of this centurion's faith that we'll, that we'll look at. The first one is his faith was on behalf of another. He had, this faith that amazed Jesus was the faith that he had on behalf of another. This centurion, he's the kind of guy where we're not told just a ton about him, but from what little we understand, I, I think we know enough to understand he's a pretty cool dude. I mean, he was a man of character. He was a man of high integrity. And he was also a man with a big heart. Why? Because when he heard Jesus was coming through, or at least in the vicinity, he used his weight, his influence, his clout. He pulled his strings to try to get Jesus to come and heal his servant. He was thinking about his servant. He had faith for his servant. Now, if you're looking closely at the text, you see in verse 2 that Luke, the writer here, says that, uh, you know, uh, it says that this servant was highly valued by this centurion. We might think, okay, well, he was just caring about this guy because the servant would give something back to him. I think for the most part, what we understand from this guy and his interactions with Jesus, that really he just had a big heart loving and caring for this guy. 
He reminds me of the four guys that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, if you were here with us, that brought their paralyzed friend before Jesus. If you were here, do you remember these four guys who heard that Jesus was coming into town? This guy who had a great reputation for teaching, but instead of them thinking, you know what, Uh, let's go and let's learn from this guy ourselves, or let's go be entertained by this traveling teacher ourselves, they thought of their buddy. Or instead of thinking, hey, this guy who is a miracle worker, this healer, that we can go and we we can see if he'll meet our needs, they weren't thinking about their needs. They were thinking about the needs of their paralytic friend. In the same way that those guys were willing to just do, were just thinking and loving and caring for their friend over and above themselves, this centurion was thinking about this servant. His faith was on behalf of this servant, and Jesus was amazed about this faith, by this faith. Uh, This last uh, session that we had in Alpha, for those of you who've been around, you know that we run this this group called Alpha. It's, It's basically designed to be a Christianity 101 course specifically designed for, for those who are looking into Christianity. It's meant to be a group not of Christians learning, you know, the, base, the, the basic tenets of Christianity, but it's meant to be a safe place to ask questions for folks who are just looking into it, trying to figure it out. Um, so it's been a wonderful time. We're just talking about any number of topics. And this, this last session, we were talking about prayer, what it, what it means to prayer, what, what it looks like to prayer, what's going on in prayer, all those sorts of things. And I think maybe one of my favorites, I, I, I would say favorite, but there's been too many wonderful things, perhaps way up there on the list of my favorite like insightful thoughts that was shared um, in one of these groups happened when we asked the question, um, hey, have you ever tried praying? And if so, what was your experience uh, about it? And uh, uh, one person in the group said, you know, I have tried praying. I do pray. Um, but what, when I pray, I find it hard to pray for myself. And he went on to say, I, I, pray, I pray for others. I find that I, I just I want to pray for others. Uh, praying for myself is just, it doesn't feel, I forget exactly how he said it, natural. But so I just, I find myself praying for others. And I was just sitting there. And if my heart is kind of like a wellspring, in that moment, it was like bubbling over. I was just sitting here like, what, a, what an amazing thought. What a loving thought. And, and by the way, I was just like, boy, doesn't that get to the mark of what Jesus is after. You know, for instance, and this is just real quickly to, to, to address this holistically, the Bible does say, Jesus taught, others taught about prayer, that we are to bring our requests to God. We cast our cares, our fears and anxieties onto, onto him because God cares for you. Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer. He said in, in one statement in that model prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. He wants us to bring our prayers and our requests, our needs before him. He cares about them. He wants, he wants to meet them however he might choose to meet them. But there's something foundational and fundamental about caring and looking after the needs of others before our own and praying for them in that instance, or as we come back to the story of the centurion, having faith for them, or at least on their behalf, caring for others and loving for them. This is, the, this is a part of this faith, the quality of this faith that Jesus was amazed by, that you and I can amaze Jesus with in, in terms of our faith. The second quality of the centurion's faith, again, we're going to go through this quickly and end here in a minute, is that his faith was humble. The centurion's faith was humble. Uh, I love how this scene plays out. Remember, this guy was a man of influence. He's Roman, 
army uh, centurion captain. He knows how to pull strings. He knows how to uh, deal with and, and influence other important people because he himself is import, you know, important, influential. So what does he do? He sends out elders of the Jews to go talk to Jesus, which I love that. He's probably thinking, how best do I get a hold of, how do I get through to this Jesus guy who's obviously very busy? A lot of people are seeking after his attention. I'll send the elders of the religious sect that he's acquainted with. But the irony of this is, if you were paying attention to the story, is these guys get to Jesus, and they just completely go on their own script, as we'll see here in a minute. They go up to Jesus, and they say, uh, they say uh, Jesus, you need to come. We got a VIP who's requesting your presence. You know? He's, he's, he loves our country, and I love this, and he's financed the synagogue. Like, we got to go. We, he's, and they even say it this way. He deserves that you come. Here's a thought for another devotional sermon all unto itself. Look, it is, it is, even for the most casual of readers by this point in Luke's gospel in chapter 7, it, it is fair to say that it is a laughable feeling to have towards these guys in them saying, this man deserves you, Jesus. I mean, Luke has established that Jesus is the Son of God. Born into the Christmas story, which we're going to celebrate and anticipate next week, come back. Um, he's been doing all these wonderful miracles. He's God in the flesh with us. Ain't nobody deserving of him coming over. You following me? Even the most casual of readers would, would, would understand that. And yet, with that thought, look at verse 6. I love it. Here's the other devotional thought we don't have time for. Okay, we're just going to move on. Without raising any objection, it says, then Jesus went with them. I love that. Jesus is not saying, you know what? Hold on. He said he's deserved. No, wait. Jesus just goes. That's another devotional. Sorry. Extra credit. They go, and then here's, and then when, when Jesus approaches the centurion's house, this is where we see that the first, the elders of the Jews missed the heart of what the, the centurion was trying to communicate. When Jesus approaches, he sends out another envoy, I guess, a group of people to say, hey, Jesus, Jesus, the, the, the centurion, the, our master, doesn't want you to come into his roof because he doesn't, he doesn't deserve you come into his presence. He, he, he even wants us to say that he's unworthy to be in your presence. But he's a man of, of power or position. He understands that if he just says this or that, he has authority, that if you choose to do the same, you just do that because he doesn't, he's not worthy of having you come. He, that's how he sees us. What kind of faith is that? I, I don't know how else to put it, but humble. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a faith that says, a person who has a lot of importance in this life, who's kind of a big deal, could pull any string that he want, is saying to Jesus, at the end of the day, I am flatly undeserving of your care or even your attention. And if you, however you want to go about doing this, here's a suggestion, but however you want to do it, you just do it your way, and that'll be good enough. This is the faith that amazes Jesus, one that has a, a heart for uh, faith for others. It's not... You know, we, we can uh, uh, imagine that it's not exclusively that, that kind of faith, but as far as the centurion goes, it's a faith who cares for others that amazes Jesus, and it's a faith that is really humble, basically saying to Jesus, hey, it's your way, not my way. Your will be done. That's the faith that amazes Jesus. Now, with that thought, remember earlier I said that there's two places in the Bible that we have following Jesus where Jesus was amazed by others? This is the one instance. We just looked at it. Here's the other. If you have your Bibles, it's in Mark uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 5. I'll read it for you. Maybe it'll be up on, on the board here. Speaking of Jesus, 
uh, when he entered a certain town, it said he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Do you see that? Isn't that an incredible thought? So in our story today, Luke 7 with the centurion, we have a a story of somebody who is amazing Jesus by his demonstration of faith. And yet the other time that we see Jesus amazed is when people demonstrate a lack of faith. Here's what struck me this week. It seems to me, one way or the other, we're going to amaze Jesus. That's my logic. I don't know if that's, I'm just devotional thought, okay? It seems to me, one way or the other, we're going to amaze Jesus. How do you want to amaze Jesus? As you're thinking about your life right now, as you're thinking about what's ahead of you, how can you amaze Jesus? And you know what? I was talking about this with Cindy. She said, hey, be sure to say this because this, this is important, which I, I overlooked. And I think this is really helpful. When Jesus, he says a lot about faith. I mean, right? This is the Bible. Everything's based on faith. One of the main things he says about faith is all it takes is the faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, I know none of us are gardeners. We just, we live in an urban jungle. All that we, mustard seed was itty-bitty, itty-bitty, itty-bitty. And yet it grew into, mustard trees are, are, are massive, right? The point being, you just need the smallest itty-bitty of faith to amaze Jesus, to lean into what he has for you and to, ama- to amaze him. How can you amaze him right now? How can you amaze him in the season ahead of you? What could it look like to have faith on behalf of others? What could it look like to have humble faith? Uh, here at Current, one of our values is to be a community that is expectant. That's our word. We, we want to be expectant. We believe in a big God who wants to do good, big things, and we just want to be a part of what he's doing. We want to expect big things. That's another way of saying we want to have faith. <laughs> we, want to have, we, want to be, we want to be bold in our faith. We want to just trust him for big things. How can you be expectant this year? What does that look like in your life? What would that mean? Maybe it's in a relationship with a significant other where things have been really hard. Things have been really challenging. You don't know how things are going to turn out, but you're just... You're just holding on. Maybe what faith looks like to you is just having hope in that relationship. Maybe it's maybe having faith is just is looking at it from the, the perspective of the other and trying to serve and love and care for them as hard as that has been for you. Just leaning into it and saying, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to try. I'm gonna, I, I want to have faith in you because I trust and know that you are good. Maybe having faith, stepping out in faith like this, this centurion, is, is in your career. Maybe it has to do with the career path. Maybe you've been really struggling through a career trajectory and, the, and, and you're wondering, where's God in this? I, I want to have faith. Maybe the approach you've had in it the whole time has been more focused on, well, what do I get out of this? And whether you would realize it or not, the prayers have been, God, I want this because I want what's coming to me if I get this. Versus what God might be wanting to do in your life for the sake of serving others, caring for others. I don't know any of this. Frankly, it's at this part of the sermon where I'm trying to like picture what it could look like in your life where I want to be careful, but we, you have to, we have to do this digging for ourselves. What does it look like? Maybe it's with relationships of folks who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, and, it's, and, 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 there's, and it would be a time of season to step out faith and develop friendships with folks who don't know Jesus. It's really comfortable to just make friends with other Christians. Maybe it's a time to step out in faith so that we, you can begin to share God's love and light not for the sake of jamming it down people's throats, but out of, the, out of a heart of love and care for others and what God wants to do in and through your life. Any number of things it can look like to live out faith, what would that look like for you in this next year? 
It's amazing. Well, I didn't even try to do that. It's amazing to think that we can amaze Jesus. We can amaze Jesus. What would that look like in your life today? Let's pray.